You know, I don't know if you know this, but the Christmas story actually comes out of the Gospel of Luke. It comes out of Luke chapter 2. And what I love about us knowing and hearing and reading this Christmas story is that it's not a fable. It's not something that was made up. It's not a fictitious story. But we actually know that this really did happen. It's historic. And so we must know that in a day of skeptics, in a society that would cause us to possibly doubt that this story really happened, there is confidence that it happened just as it is recorded in the Gospel of Luke. Now, I don't know if you know anything about the author, Luke himself, who wrote this account. Luke is actually a doctor. How many know doctors get it right? They pay attention to the details because details could mean a matter of life and death. And if you know anything about Luke, he was actually not a Jew. He was a Gentile. And Luke was very detailed. And he took accurate accounts and made sure that it came from eyewitness testimony. Not, not a fable, not a make-believe, not fictitious story, but actually eyewitnesses that would say what happened and then he was very careful to transcribe it so that we would have confidence. And, and I really believe that God allowed us to know the amazing detail that he would put into the story with the accuracy because he knew that we would need the confidence. They listened Christianity and this is what I love about it. It, sometimes people can say, well, you got to leave your brain at the door and come into this service and you just have to believe once upon a time. No, 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 no. The Bible actually tells us to investigate it, that, that when God does stuff, he actually leaves a trail of evidence that it's not a fictitious story. And I don't know if you've ever read Luke chapter 1, verse 1. And I thought tonight, listen, you could laugh at the way the kids probably see it happening, but I wanted to build confidence in your heart about the gospel message and, and the way that it is told. And look at what Luke says in Luke chapter 1. And he says, Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been filled, fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses. Now, eyewitnesses, this is important because it would have stood up in a court of law. It would have been fact that you've got people saying on the first account, I saw it with my very eyes. And the servant of the word, and then he goes on, he says, with this in mind, since I myself, I have carefully investigated. So Luke is writing this account, and, and we see it as part of the Bible. But he is saying, listen, as a doctor, as a Jew, I mean, as a Gentile, I'm not even a Jew. I'm, I'm, I'm a witness to what's taking place. Listen, I investigated everything from the beginning. And then he says this, I too decided to write an orderly account for you. And then he goes on, most excellent Theophilus. Now, Theophilus would have been Luke's patron. He would have been a Roman who would have financed Luke to go and to find out the facts. And later we know that that would help Luke write his gospel as well as the book of Acts. Then he says this, he says, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. That this story is not a fable. It's not once upon a time in the town of Bethlehem. And how, how many went and watched Star Wars? Anybody go watch Star Wars? It, woo! But I was in Star Wars and they were clapping and it was it was awesome. But did you know, like Star Wars starts off long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away. 
And with motion picture and cinema, now today we could say, well, that's just like this message, the Christmas story. It's some fable, something that was made up. No, you don't have to leave your brain at the door. It actually happened. It really took place. There was a virgin that conceived the very Son of God. He was born in a stable and laid in a manger. And so what does that mean? That means this, Jesus is the real reason for this Christmas season. He really is. Listen, we love Santa Claus. All the kids, how many expecting Santa to visit your house? Say, whoop, whoop. Come on, Santa. And we love the reindeer and Rudolph. And, and, and it's, it's all great. But the, the truth is this, that we've got to make sure at the forefront of our celebration that Jesus is the real reason. That he stepped into humanity. And John would actually say it like this in John chapter 1 verse 14 he says the word became flesh and he made his dwelling among us so what does that mean God visited this earth he became flesh he dwelled among us and then he goes on he says this we have seen his glory we have seen him we've seen how he interacts with people how he loves people that he really does care so we've we've seen his glory here on this earth that he performed miracles and signs and wonders it says the glory of the one and only son son of whose son of god who came from the father full of grace and truth jesus was born a savior came to this earth and we know this. Why did he come? Because Jesus was on a rescue mission to save humanity. That he was here to save you and I. And look at what Luke would later write in Luke chapter 19, uh, verse 10. And again, he's writing these accounts. And he said this. He said, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So what does that mean? That means we're lost without Jesus, but he came to this earth on a rescue mission. He came to save us. He came to rescue us. And I don't know about any of you. Anybody ever lost anything of importance? Anybody? Yeah. I, I lost something that was pretty important about a year and a half ago. I lost a kid. <laughs> oh, I found her. She was on stage, but I lost her for a moment. And I'll never forget about a year and a half ago, there was a whole bunch of us. We went to the Children's Museum in Houston and Anybody know that place? It is packed. I mean, Chris, it is like people everywhere, wall to wall. And so we've got all these people, and there's probably about 12 or 15 of us. We go and have fun, and we're heading out. And you know how it is when you got a, a big family, lots of people. You're like, hey, you got them. Yeah, you got them. We're good. We get to the curb, and I'm counting my kids. We got four. So I'm like, okay, Carson, check. Caden, check. Raylan, check. Addison, not check. Okay, hey, where's Addison? And I looked at Phyllis. I thought you had her. She's like, I thought you had her. No, I thought you had her. And so we said, well, let's go find Addison. So we go and send a search party into the Children's Museum. We're looking around. And how many know we're expecting to find her pretty quick? But it didn't happen quick. And five minutes passes. Ten minutes pass. And how many know about ten-minute mark, all the mamas? Like you freaking out, all the daddies, you, you grabbing your gun, like, where's my baby, where's my baby? You, you're like, I'm going to find somebody. I, and so now about 15 minutes out, I'm freaking out as a dad. I'm like, oh my gosh, somebody has abducted my little girl. I just watched Taken. 
So I'm like, what in the world? And, and Steve and I, and I'm freaking out. Steve sees the panic in my eyes, literally running, looking in cars. Whoa, 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 whoa. Roll down the window and looking, <laughs> checking and freaking out. And then all of a sudden, they brought Addison out and said, we found her. I said, where, where was she? She was back in the corner playing with some toys. She didn't even know she was lost. I will kill you. <laughs> make me have a heart attack but i wonder if in this life sometimes there are people jesus came on a rescue mission and you may be sitting around like addison saying i didn't even know i was lost he came for you yeah you may not have known you were lost but you feel the void in your heart there's an emptiness there's there's hopelessness there's things that have been weighing you down you've been searching for an answer to your problems you've been searching for the truth of life and you find yourself empty can i tell you jesus came to rescue you and with the same passion that i went searching for addison is the same passion he is searching for you that he loves you and you say well okay what's this rescue mission well he came to give you hope in hopeless situations strength in the times when you're weak joy in the midst of trials but even greater than that can i tell you he came to give you eternal life we see this in john 3:16, and many of us have heard this but i wanted to dive deep into your heart that god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God loved you so much, he gave. He gave. And so the key tonight is not for us just to hear the Christmas story. That's good. That's great. But the thing that I would hope is that we would experience the gift of the Christmas story. That Jesus came here on a rescue mission to give us eternal life. I don't know about you. How many like to give gifts? Anybody like to give gifts? All the parents, you know, the joy of giving gifts. And I don't know if you're like me. I have a hard time keeping them under the tree. I'm like, here's a big gift. I'm ready to give it to them. And I get excited. Now, how many like to receive gifts? Hey, come on, all the kids. Parents, you know you like to receive gifts. The problem is you just go buy your own gift. So, so we like to receive gifts, and a couple of you know, days ago, we had a, a party for the group that I mentor, the fellowship, and they were all at the house, and about 15 young people, and having a blast, did the white elephant gifting. How many know that can get a little dangerous? <laughs> I thought you were a Christian. <laughs> no. So we're passing out and doing all these fun activities, and then we go into the kitchen, and we're eating, and I started to complain about something. Now, how many ever complain about something? You, any complainers? I complain sometimes, and I'm complaining about a trash can. All the men, you know what I'm talking about. Trash cans are important. About a year and a half ago, two years ago, somebody, I won't say her name, Phyllis, bought us a trash can that is automatic. You know the ones where you wave your hands over? Anybody got that trash can? Don't ever buy it. So, so, so you wave your hand over, and it goes, and it's supposed to what? Anybody know? supposed to open so so you do it and you just your hands are full you kind of do your leg it opens you drop it in well it works for about two weeks 
And then it stops working, but you know me, I, I didn't buy a new trash can. Why? Because it costs too much. I won't buy a new trash can, but I'm going to complain about it all the time. So the drummer, Ethan, how many have enjoyed Ethan tonight? And he did a great job. He's part of the fellowship. And, you know, Ethan was so sweet. The next day at the office, he comes in. He's got this big trash can. He sets it down. He says, Pastor, you don't have to complain anymore. I got you gifts. I mean, that's a good gift. All the men are like, Wow. Christmas is made. We are not that complicated. But the problem with gifts is this. How many know gifts, no matter how good they are, they're going to break. They're going to get destroyed. Sometimes they get lost. Sometimes they get misplaced. Sometimes they get stolen. And so the, the problem with gifts in the natural is that they're temporary. However, there is one gift that will never fade away. There is one gift that will never be destroyed. There is one gift that will never be misplaced. There is one gift that is eternal. And that is the gift that God gives to us. Look at Romans chapter 6, 23. It says this, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And you know, as we go through tonight, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you the why. Because if you're like me, I'm thinking, why did Jesus come to this earth? Why, why did he go through what he went through? He went through all of those things because we needed a Savior. We needed our sins to be forgiven. Look at the first part of Roman. It says, for the wages of sin is death. So why did God come to this earth? Because if you know anything, we know about original sin. And original sin is when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden with God. They had a relationship with God, lived with God, and they disobeyed God. And that disobedience is what we call sin. And that sin separated us as human beings, humanity from God. God actually had to banish them out of the garden. So when Jesus came to this earth, his rescue mission was to remove the barrier that sin brings in our life, which is death. And so listen, Adam and Eve didn't die immediately. In fact, they lived hundreds and hundreds of years, over 900 years. What happened was they died on the inside. They were dead spiritually. And so Jesus, when he comes into our life, what we get to experience is our spirit, our heart that once was dead now comes to life. What was lost now is found. And that's the gift of salvation and eternal life that we can experience. And so sin, so many people say, well, what is sin? Sin is this, simply missing the mark. It's missing the standard that none of us could ever reach God's standard, which is perfection and holiness. And that's why salvation is a gift, because you can't earn it. You can't deserve it. You can't do enough good things for it. So what do you do? Pastor, I'm here tonight, and I have not really experienced this. What do you do? You simply believe. And so my big thought tonight would be this. Don't leave your best Christmas gift unopened. The gift that God has given to each and every one of us. And many of you, you've already unwrapped this gift. Maybe you come to church here. Maybe you go to another church. But you have experienced this freedom, this salvation, this from death spiritually to life. And the great thing about that is you are in good company. But I believe this. There are hundreds of people that are coming through these Christmas Eve services. And it would be a tragedy for you to have unwrapped great temporal natural gifts and never unwrap the greatest gift you could ever receive. 
which is the gift of eternal life. And I know this, that tonight, that Jesus is here in this place. Would you do this? Would you bow your heads? You say, Jim, I'm here tonight, and you know, I'm thinking about what you've had to say, and the truth is I've never unwrapped this gift for myself. I've never experienced that salvation for myself. What do I do? You simply believe. You simply believe. I, I love what the Bible says. It says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus, you are Lord. Lord of what? Lord of my life. Jesus, be Lord of my life. Be Lord of my thoughts. Be Lord of my action. I'm inviting you to take control of my life. Not just religious things that I do, but Jesus, I'm asking you, would you be the Lord of my life? I confess you as my Lord. It goes on, it says, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that he is alive, and that resurrection power can be on the inside of us. The Bible is so clear. It says you will be saved. So I wanted to just take a moment, because I know there are some of you, listen to me, children, I don't often get to share this message with you, but you've been on my heart all week. My son, eight years old, and my 10-year-old, I got to personally lead them to the Lord. And I believe there are some of you in this place right now. You're saying, I want that gift. I want to have that relationship with God for myself. Listen, you're not too young. So what I want to do is I just want to lead us in a prayer. Before I do, though, if that's you with heads bowed and eyes closed, can I see who I'm praying with? Would you just be bold and raise your hand? You say, Pastor, that's me. I want to receive that free gift from God right now, just in this moment. Raise your hand up high. Raise it up high over this place. Come on, church. Tell them how proud you are of them. And we're so proud of each and every one of you that God is moving in your life and in your heart. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I can't pray it for you. I can pray it with you. I can't believe it for you, but I can believe it with you. And then at the end of the prayer, we're going to stand on our feet. We're going to celebrate God. And we're going to go into Jesus at the center. Let's do this. Let's pray this together. Jesus, I need you. I am a sinner, and I need your grace. Forgive me. Today, I choose to follow you. Jesus, I believe that you're the living God, and I confess that you are my Lord right now in this moment. In Jesus' name.